us down to the last comic shop in five, four, three, two, one. Ha! Uh, that was the wind. No, 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 the door does work. It is opening. Just no one's coming in. Just me. By myself. Oh, boy. Okay, so uh, welcome to the last comic shop, everyone. Why am I talking to an empty shop? I feel stupid. Anyways, I'm the host, the only host, J.A. Scott. Going to be a fun show. Uh, Well, it looks like uh, I've got the shop to myself this week. So, yeah. Does anybody want to do a book club on Petersburg by Andre Belay? The great novel of the 20th century by the Russian novelist? No? No? Okay. Um, I think, I think, yes. I think there's some, there's a show in the can. So I'm going to have to go downstairs. You come with me. Again, I'm talking to myself. And we'll fire up the Rama 3000. I believe that we've got a show in the can from Live Stream to the Cure. I wasn't there. So, like you, I'll be listening to it for the first time. But Andrew and Chad and Mikey Wood and George from Shortbox Summary got together and talked Batman versus Hulk, which should be a good show, um, I guess. We'll find out. But I, to be honest, I mean, it's just... Batman plus time equals win, right? Can you hear him um, talking? There he is. There he oh, is. See this guy. You want to see him. He's handsome. That's right. <laughs> I was telling him all about who we are, so so you could do a better job of it. Hi, yeah. so hey, welcome to the last comic shop. Thanks, Nick, for bringing us back this year. We love the live stream for the killers. For sure. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, we are a comic book podcast. We read, we review comic books. We've got a great one today, a classic from 1981 that we'll get into that features Batman and the Hulk at the same time. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I'm the host with the most, Andy Larson. Again, I'm joined by my regular co-host, Chad Smith, as well as Mikey Wood, a fantastic comic book artist and creator from the Pittsburgh area that's been on a multitude of shows. And of course... We wouldn't want to forget about our wonderful friend, George, from Shortbox Summary. Make sure you're checking out his podcast as well. Shortbox Summary, we've been on that show. He's been on our show. It is a team-up of epic proportions, <laughs> and we're glad that he's on to help us out with the live stream for The Cure today. So, that being said, I do have some business before we get to that comic book, and that is to make sure that everybody knows that we have some giveaways. That's right. This hour, if you are going to be the top two donators uh, during this particular hour, we are going to send you some Last Comic Shop merch. That's right. You can get this awesome logo. This is our Magnum PI kind of Hawaiian, you know, summary thing, which is nice. But we also got other wonderful things like this one that's drawn by Mikey Wood of all of us hanging out at the bar. Look at that. You can also... You know, we'll send it in a tank top if you, you know, one of the ladies out there. I thought that was a thong at first. <laughs> it can't be. It's called, I think that's called the razor back. Yeah, I think that. that's what they, yeah. they call that. Or 
you know, if you are, you know, one of those top two and you live in the continental United States, I do have to say that we <laughs> unfortunately can't ship to like, you know, Australia or something, but uh, we've also got a nice hoodie. So like, if you want a hoodie, you can also get the hoodie with the last comic shop logo, as well as the following. Because we're doing verses during this segment, uh, if you donate $5, like we did last year, you can throw out two people that you want us to talk about, about who would win in a versus battle between yeah. these two people. Two well, fictional characters. Exactly. <laughs> they can be uh, comic book characters. They can be mm. movie characters. As long as we... Have a decent idea. Five dollars that buys you at least some mirth for a few seconds. That's right. Okay, so Batman versus the Incredible Hulk. That is our segment of live stream for the Cure, and because uh, again, it's, it comes in its collection of you know late seventies, early eighties team ups that like Marvel and DC back when they were playing nice. Which, if you're ever at a comic book shop, make sure that you're trying to look out for this. This actually is a great collection of four of those stories. So you would get Superman and the Amazing Spider-Man, then Amazing Spider-Man and Superman. Those were two different books. Then you get this uh, Batman Hulk one. And of course, then lastly, Chad's favorite, which is X-Men Teen Titans, which mm. we covered on the last Comic Shop podcast. Mm. But uh, this is my favorite of all the books. Really? How do I say this? It has wonderful art. Because it was done by Ho, Ho, um, Jose, Jose. Jose Luis Garcia Lopez. <laughs> Sometimes a little bit hard to roll off the tongue. Bienetcho, uh, Andy. Bienetcho. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> for um, those folks that may not know, he was basically the guy that came up with how all of the DC characters should look in the early 80s to, you know, when they were doing marketing. So, like, you've seen his Batman or his Superman or his mm -hmm. Wonder Woman mm -hmm. on any of that marketing. Super mm -hmm. Friends, Underoos, all that stuff features Jose uh, Luis Garcia Lopez art. He's one of those masters of the craft. And you actually don't get a ton of books done completely by him. And so mm. uh, it's something special. Yes. And it's, uh, it's written by Len Wein who, um, for those folks that may or may not know, the creator of Wolverine, one of the most famous comic book characters of all time. That's a Len Wein creation. Did he create Swamp Thing? Yes. Yeah. Ah! It's like I'm on a comic book podcast. Yes. <laughs> yes. He was a very, very prolific writer. We, we unfortunately lost him a couple years mm -hmm. back, uh, but I'm really glad that he wrote this particular book because I love it. And we'll get to why I love it in just a second. But we have George on today's program from Shortbox Summary. If you've never listened to his podcast, one of the wonderful things he likes to do is put comic books in context. So what he'll do is he'll say, like, these are other things that were released around the same time as the comic. And I was going to say, now, George, your podcast, Shortbox Summary, you deal in a particular time frame. Uh, I wanted to tell the audience about that. I do, yeah. I got really into comics in the mid-2000s, so this podcast is all about me going back and figuring out if those books were good or if I was 15. So I get to revisit all my favorites, and I get to talk about the music that was coming out, the movies that were coming out, the TV shows that were on. And I just think that's it's really important to know like what else was happening, because like we talked about Brian Michael Bendis's uh, Daredevil run like on your mm. show, Last Comic Shop, and like I think that show was hugely influenced by The Wire, and I don't think enough people talk about what everyone else is consuming when they're creating these books and so mm -hmm. i try to do that heck yeah and that's one of our favorite parts of your show and so we thought 
why don't we take one of our favorite parts of your show and take you totally out of your comfort zone? (laughs) (laughs) And instead of dealing with something from the early 2000s, we're going to take you back all the way back. Well, we don't want to reveal too much, but you were in the negative age bracket at this point. <laughs> I, I sure out. was. Yeah, I was not alive in 1981 when this came out. Um, I did. I did some more research than I normally do. This this book cost 250 in 1981. Do you have any idea how much that is in today's dollars? Oh, geez. Uh, you're not making me do math, man. Four, I didn't know that. Four ninety five. I'm gonna say eight ninety nine. Uh, uh, ten uh, bucks. It was eight eight dollars and thirty four cents in today's dollars. Wow. Which, wow. which doesn't seem that bad. I feel like I, I buy a lot of stuff from Marvel and DC that are uh, around eight dollars, like seven ninety nine. I feel like that's a that's, yeah. One of those variant covers or something like that. Sometimes you spend that much. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's, for- that's, that's pennies. For sure. Uh, this book also came out during the last season of the CBS Incredible Hulk show. Okay. With uh, Bill Bixby and uh, Lou Ferrigno. Let's see. Billboard Hot 100. Number 10. Starting up the Rolling Stones. Ooh. And, that's a good one. Number 9. Lady You Bring Me Up by Commodores. Number 8. Step by Step. Eddie Rabbit. 7. Arthur's theme. Best That You Can Do by Christopher Cross. Different than crisscross from my generation. Yeah, um, he didn't wear his pants backwards. Did not wear his pants backwards. Yeah. I, I, hey, I put on Salem when I'm mowing my lawn. It takes me to a tropical paradise instead of just being. He's all into the yacht rock. That's, 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 that's great. My, I love yacht rock. I wear the boat shoes. It's fine. It's wiggity 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 whack is what it is. Yeah, my crisscross oh. is still cooler. I, I don't know that's what to right, say. Sorry. Uh, number six. Who's crying now? Journey. Ooh, what a breakup song. Number five, There's No Getting Over Me uh, by Ronnie Millsap. Four, Urgent, Foreigner. Number three, Stop Trying oh, My Heart Around, Stevie Nicks with Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Number two, Queen of Hearts, Juice Newton. And number one, on Billboard's Hot 100 to round out September 1981, Endless Love by Diana Ross. Oh, and God. Yes. Oh, yeah. Endless Love. Just Endless put this love. on. Mm. I'll, I'll draw myself a bubble bath. It'll be fine. I'll just enjoy myself. You know. people, people from my generation will know that movie from Happy Gilmore because that's the song they play at the ice rink in that's the right. dark. Yeah. Oh, there you go. That's right. um, but you do have movies for us, and I think that was... Oh, buddy, I've I got movies, I've got <laughs> TV shows, I've got cartoon debuts, and I've got famous celebrities born. I went all out. This is, okay. this is live lay, stream. Lay it on us, brother. Lay it on us. All right. Uh, so let's start with TV shows. The number one show with a 28.4% market share. Dallas. That means 28% of all people who Dallas. were watching it. Dallas was number one. I oh. told you! Yeah. That's like Barbara Bel Geddes. She was <laughs> front and this center was, on it. This was prime who shot JR. It I is. Was, I was going to ask if they killed the guy from uh, Bewitched. Maybe, maybe you're somewhere around there, but yeah. No, that's... that's it's, um, I was in college when this... When uh, I Dream a Genie. Oh, I, I Dream a Genie, there that's you go. That's where Okay. I was like, I didn't know Dick Sargent or Sergeant York were on that show. It's I Dream of Genie. Dick Sargent is the best I give you props pro- yeah. for, for getting both of the dicks. I was I was a big Nick at Night fan as a kid. Um, let's see, number two, 60 Minutes. Number three, The Jeffersons. Number four, Three's Company. Number five, Alice. Number six, The Dukes of Hazard. Number seven, Too Close for Comfort. Number eight, the ABC Monday Night Movie. Okay. Nice. Wow. Not not a specific one, just that no. programming class. Any movie? That's fine. Yeah, any, we'll take any movie. That's our number eight. Yeah. I watched so many James Bond movies on those Sunday night movies. Yeah. Like, well, well, during COVID, I remember they brought it back and they did like Raiders of the Lost Ark was mm-hmm. like the first one they did. Yeah. yeah. See, number nine, uh, MASH, number 10, One Day at a Time. And just, just to show you where we are, number 11, 
is Monday Night Football, the 11th most popular program in 1981. Which, yeah, when did football take over and then take over all the days? I don't know. Uh, (laughs) I want to say the 90s, like uh, that one. Yeah, Monday Night Football. Hang on, guys. Sorry. Dan, uh, leave me alone. Uh, <laughs> Chris Yaney, $21.49. Best or worst universe? And he's asking you guys that. Oh, oh the best or worst universe? Um, like, 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 I guess just for me personally. Yeah. yeah, go ahead. For Mikey. me personally, I I would say the 90s Vertigo, Sandman, Books of Magic, Swamp Thing, that because it was it was technically considered separate from the DC universe, Hellblazer and all that other stuff. That's my personal favorite era and and world of comics. Okay. So. What's your what's your least favorite then, Mikey? <laughs> Um, well, yeah, see, I have, I have, I, I, I'm not lying. I have every new universe comic that they put out and it's not great, but they're not horrible, but they're not great. It was what Jim Shooter eventually perfected it with Valiant. He really did. Like, honestly, they're just like, maybe, but but other than that, yeah, yeah, they took out Pittsburgh in that one. Chad, what's your favorite? Oh, geez. Um, can, can I cheat and just say like 60s, 70s Marvel Universe? Yeah, why not? That's the can best you? one. You know, the heroes at their their essence before everybody started changing and get all modernized. George, your favorite? Uh, man, I'm going to get so much flack for this, but I love the Ultimate Universe, man. There's so much oh, wrong what? with that. Yeah. Yeah. I- it's such a weird time for comics because it's like everything Marvel 60s was like all Atomic Age stuff, right? And everything right. Marvel 2000s was all Digital Age stuff. And it just felt like a, like an actual, like, how about we modernize this in a big way? Mm-hmm. And very huge soft spot for the Ultimate Universe. I tell you what, when the Ultimate Universe books were good, they were great. Yeah. And when they were bad, that was a lot of the time. Oh, man, I'm still mad. I'm still mad about whatever that book was. That Jeff Loeb, David, that one, yeah. Ultimate, <laughs> Ultimate three. Or, it's so weird yeah. because I was so excited because Jeff Loeb is like a quality writer. Yeah, but yeah. man, that didn't. They're not all hits, and that no. that that was like. Uh, well, my favorite has got to be uh, this the shared universe we're talking about today. The, the, these DC Marvel, anytime DC and Marvel crossover with each other, that's like that's the best of both worlds. That's the favorite universe I've got to have. Least favorite universe has got to be when they took. Fantastic Four and X Men, and they what the what the new he, universe? Or, what, the, no, he, like, hero, heroes, heroes, heroes born. born. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey, hey! That was fun. It was Captain America with a huge. Ch- oh well, come on! Yeah, no, I gave him a little flag up there. It was yeah, wonderful. Hit, it was hit the wonderful. gym, Andy. You could look like that too. Come on, man. <laughs> you could. You Just could. kind of sideways. Yeah. It'll be all right. That's right. All right. So uh, we we hit TV shows. Let's real quickly get to movies, and then we'll get into our ten cents synopsis of today's book. So right. movies and like this celebrity thing you got. All right. What's going on there? Jim? Movies. Let, let's start with celebrities. Uh, Ashley Eckstein was was born September 1981. She voices Ahsoka Tano on like Star Wars Clone Wars and Rebels. Oh, very cool. Oh, man. I'm a huge Ahsoka fan. She rules. Uh, let's see. Ben Schwartz, uh, known as John Paul Raffio from Parks and Rec. Yes. And Sonic the, the worst. Hedgehog. <laughs> the worst. JTT, Jonathan Taylor Thomas himself born. Oh, man. September 1981. He just wants to be king. And it's so weird. The number one most important person, celebrity-wise, born September 1981. Beyonce Knowles. Oh, no! 
The Queen Bee! Yeah. Wow. I still love the music. All the planets aligned and there was an earth-shattering rumble and she came (laughs) forth out of the womb of the Great Mother. That's amazing, (laughs) With her hair perfectly done and everything. That's right. I remember the day I first heard Bootylicious and I was just like, okay, I'm done. Put a fork in me. There's no greater song. What a way to pop, yeah. Uh, let's see, September 1981, uh, the Smurfs debuted. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. And that was yeah. that and Disney on Ice sometime in 1981. There is the a two big absolutely premieres. terrifying episode of the Smurfs. I think it was a Christmas special where Gargamel like sells his soul to get like ultimate power and like just to destroy the Smurfs village. Wow. <laughs> really creepy. Scared the bejesus out of me. Just, just, just go on vacation, man. Take a few days Smurfs for yourself. Will do that. You don't get you that know. with snorks. Right. No, Smurfs, no, Gargamel was trying to eat them. Like in every you episode. Because like you trying. get power from them. You get, you get power from them. It's not a show for kids. It's, I don't know. Before <laughs> we think about it. Anyways, movies. Movies, movies, movies. September 81 itself, kind of a slow month. Like the biggest movies were like Continental Divide, Body Heat, and Chariots of Fire. But mm-hmm. 81, huge for movies. Mm-hmm. We got Superman 2. Yes. Ooh, kneel before Zod. That is the best Superman movie out there. Do you like the, the Donner cut or the original? I was going to say, which the version? Donner, the Donner cut. Uh, Donner except for the good. end, except for the tail end, because it's just the same thing. Right. Yeah. It's like It should have been Superman, comma, T-O-O, and they should have had, like, another <laughs> Superman come <comma. laughs> And they, you know, they... They, they, they should have just kept on making... Like, they should have never taken Richard Donner off of that. I know that he, they, they filmed them back-to-back or at the same time or whatever. They should have just dr- made three and four, because there's, like, a significant drop-off between two and three. Well, yeah. Just a little baby bit. A little, 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 he, little huge bit. Uh, let's see. What else 81 strikes came out in 1981? Mm-hmm. Uh, Classic Bill Murray. I wish I had that RV. That RV was, like, the mm-hmm. best. That, those are two different movies. Like, the first half of that movie and the second half of that movie. Two completely separate movies. The boot camp stuff is hilarious. I'm like, oh, cool. This is like watching Full Metal Jacket, except I don't feel miserable inside. And then the second half is like, all right, I guess Bill Murray will fight World War Three in a in a Winnebago. Like, yeah, sure, like, something. Sure, I, I John Larroquette's great in that movie. He really is. Like, and John Candy steals John the show Candy's every incredible. single time he's he on. Yeah, I love First that. time I learned about jello wrestling or mud wrestling. I can't remember which one, but I learned yeah. about one of them. <laughs> oh, my dad took me to the to the theater to see it. I was eight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fabulous. I saw Starship Troopers when I was eight. So that's just generations, nice. you know. Like that's yeah. All right. right. What else right. do we that's got right. real quick? For your eyes only, the cannonball run, Excalibur, another formative youth movie where people might have had to leave the room. Uh, an American werewolf in London, Halloween 2, and probably most importantly, I think for us to speak, Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. Like, that, that, was a, that was a big watershed moment, right. I think, for I mean, a lot of people here. For sure. yeah, what, what an 81. Good grief. Mm-hmm. Early and 80s in general. So many great movies. Yeah. And then, yeah, and then yeah. you get this comic book. So mm-hmm. let's get into the 10 cent synopsis. I'm going to give it for everybody. As you may or may not know on the last comic shop, we like to educate you on comic books. Not only are we going to talk a little bit about this, but we are going to educate you on what actually happens in this Brick's awesome issue. Batman and Hulk. Look at that. 
I, know. So I, I do regret though I don't have the treasury format that it originally appeared in. Yes, that is very expensive. If you ever Guys, come across that to, flea market, did you want to remind right? everyone too the prizes that are up for the donations if they roll in? What are you guys giving away again? Let's let everyone just. Oh, everyone. absolutely! We are giving away some T-shirts. So make sure that if you are in the continental United States and you want one of the last comic shop T-shirts, make sure that you're the top two donators. Nice. You can get in a variety of colors and styles. Look at that. Tank tops, things, yep. all kinds of stuff. So right now, 22 bucks gets you a t-shirt. Tote bags. If you, if you want a thong, bag. we can make that happen, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Give you the, dent the dental floss special. Yeah. We where's, can do it. We where's do the it. logo on the thong? Is it like Some people thong? may want it. It's okay. <laughs> it's how limber are you? <laughs> well, you guys you guys talk about Conan a lot, so it'd be pretty in keeping to have like a underwear loincloth set. Sure, yeah. Yeah. That's the size difference for the Conan. treasury version. Yeah. Oh, that is a treasury edition. Yes. So this is this is how big the the book was originally, and then this is the reprint. Which again, you should find if you can find this reprint, you should pick it up. But long story short, the ten cent synopsis is the Joker is trying to save this intergalactic creature called the shaper of worlds awesome name even cooler look because he looks like half robot half scroll if you know what a scroll is um but simply put he is going crazy because the only thing he can do is really create people's dreams and so like he's i don't know something happened he's there and the joker is deciding like he's gonna help him because if he does help him the shaper of worlds give him ultimate power so he goes to a gamma research facility and he's trying to steal this gamma gun that will help the uh, the shaper of worlds reconstitute it, it, itself. And while he's there, just happens that uh, Bruce Banner is working there, and it happens also be owned by Wayne Enterprises. So this is how this all kind of connects together. Ties together. And so the Joker shows up. He tries to steal this gun. Bruce Banner turns into the Hulk. Uh, the Joker actually convinces him that. Batman's is bad is a bad guy, and the Hulk and Batman fight for a little while, and then sooner or later, Joker does get ultimate power and yes. tries to recreate the universe, but Batman stops him in a very Batman esque way. I actually that's one of my favorite parts about this book is that basically Joker is given godlike powers, uh, and Batman's like okay just keeps on trying to one-up the Jokers. Like, mm -hmm. you can do better, Joker. Yeah. You can do better. Like, you think this is crazy? Let's get real nuts. And eventually, the Joker just has too many thoughts. Like, he just, he, he has too much power and too many things he wants to wish for, and he ends up just just losing his brains. Like, yeah. Yeah. what else do you say? Then Batman yeah. knocks him out. Yeah. Game okay. over. Kapow. <laughs> and it's, it's a very, very classic Batman. And that's why I really love this. I mean, mm. it, whether you are six or 60, this is a Batman that you can kind of get behind. Honestly, it is. It's uh, not only drawn in that very classic style with the big flowing cape and the nice, you know, wonderful, you know, cow with the nice ears and everything like that. But you also get a really classic Hulk. Mm. And um, again, it's not too heady. It's not too dark. As, as Mikey, I think, points out, he thinks it's more like a hostess ad. Yeah, Mikey. yeah, it's this, this. Yeah, it's like it's like a sixty-page hostess Twinkies ad, like they used to have in the comics, you know. Um, but like, it, it's also this is not my favorite era of comics. I know, like you guys get on me all the like. The, this is still kind of Bronze Agey. It's really silly. Like it's super silly, 
but it's charming though it is charming and wonderful and that's the appeal to it if i read it in 1981 i would have probably thought it was just the bee's knees but me being a snob I read it now, and I'm like, this is... Oh, with your I am. I'm super snob. But, like, it's like, this is this is so silly. Like, I'm reading it, and I'm just like, this is so silly. But I do like how uh, they don't bother messing with how are these universe crossing over. There's no kind of portal. There's no... It's the same as X-Men Teen Titans, which is infinitely better, by the way. But... Um, <laughs> and I think it's the same with Superman Spider-Man, too. They just happen to exist in the same world. Right, they, exactly. They, they don't waste any time with that kind of stuff. They don't. They're aware of each other. Somehow, Bruce Wayne. Well, because he's Batman, Bruce Wayne knew that Bruce Banner. Two Bruces, Bruce and Bruce. Hey, Bruce, what's up, Bruce? It's like an Australia, <laughs> joke, you know, Bruce and Bruce. But they, um, he knows that he's the Hulk. I wasn't reading Hulk. I never read Hulk, but I, I never. Re- I wasn't familiar with Hulk at the time. But it reads in the beginning, Hulk at the time was like the television series. It right. felt it felt very much like that. Yeah, call him Robert Bruce be, Banner. Banner, you know. he has to be somebody else to disguise himself to get a yeah, job. Right. He's getting right. yeah, right. getting odd jobs throughout the which you know apparently you could do back then because they didn't have background checks. I don't know. But, but that's the, one of the strengths of the book is things like the fact that like uh, immediately upon you know Bruce Wayne finding out that Bruce Banner's at one of his you know companies like gives him a job. Why? Because that's a perfectly reasonable thing for Batman to do. Yeah. Like, I want to keep tra- tabs on yes. Bruce Banner and the Hulk. Mm-hmm. It actually makes me think, like, why they never did that at Marvel earlier. Like, you never had, like, the issue where, like, you know, Tony Stark offers Bruce Banner a job, even though that's become commonplace nowadays and, like, yeah. in the MCU movies. Like, you would think that, like, Iron Man would just want to keep tabs on Bruce Banner and be like, Bruce, why don't you come work with me? So... You know, I can help you. So, uh, you you brought up something funny because MCU, like MCU wise, they don't have secret identities, do they? Like everybody knows who everybody is in in the in the MCU. See, back then it was like Batman knew that Bruce Banner was the Hulk, and I don't know how they don't explain that unless it's because he saw him change into him, which I don't. But then a whole room of people did, and they're just kind of like, I wonder if, like, he came into work on Monday morning, and they're all like, oh, that's the guy that turned into that freaking green guy. <laughs> <laughs> like, if they're, like, in the, if they're in the lunchroom, and they're like, shit, he's got a hot pocket, just back up. We don't... <laughs> if he burns himself, we're screwed. Yeah. He's gonna tear oh, a hole through the yeah. wall. And, oh, God. You know. No one tell him not to microwave fish. We right. Like, is it an that. HR... Like, <laughs> Like, do you get like a right? Do you get an official write up from HR if you turn into a green hulking beast? And like, I'm sure you do. Like, there's there's got to be certain, is, you know. Is Susan like, could you come that. in and see me in my office, David? No, dude. You, you you get, David you get, was his you name get on the TV out of there like a basketball, and then like, and, unless your gamma gun gets right. stolen, and he happens to be the foremost <laughs> expert in gamma radiation, which case it's like, wow, this is super convenient. But no, dude, you get you get fired so fast. Are you kidding? I got fired for being 15 minutes late to an art supply store that I worked at. This guy <laughs> tore up a laboratory of top secret, and and Bruce is like, you know what? Let me get you a job. You know, I wonder I if he would have to take a personal day or a sick day when he's hulking. Exactly. Out. What is that? <laughs> What's what do you do? What do, you do? And he it wasn't wearing who you are. If you're Hulk turning into Banner, that's kind of more of a. Thing. Where does he find all of the purple pants? <laughs> there's, a, there's a store. Please. Does he find them? Yeah. Remember in the cartoon, in the Saturday morning Hulk cartoon that was on around this time? Yeah. 
he would turn back into Banner in his pants. With his clothes on. Pants it would yeah, make yeah. no sense to his me pants as a kid. I'm like, pants in, in a tie, too? No. Yeah. In any case, let's move on to George, because this, this is the first time he's actually read this book. Mm-hmm. Usually re- he's reading comic books like post-2000. So, mm-hmm. George, did you like this book? Did you not like this book? What did you think? I was so mad when I opened it and I saw how many words there were. And I was just like, oh, it's like everything I don't like about 60s books is everything I kind of don't like about 70s books. Like, I just feel like they're so overridden. But something about this book, there's so many words on the page, but like it never, I never felt like I was being slowed down. Honestly, there were some parts where I'm just like, oh, I don't actually know like which panel to read next. But this is back in that era where they would do like the the chubby little arrows pointing and like telling you where to go for like mm-hmm. the especially confusing compositions. Mm-hmm. And uh, this book was really good, man. Like I, I had a lot of fun reading this. I think this is like, this probably isn't the Batman I see when I close my eyes, but it's like one of the three best Batman designs I think of all time. I usually default to like animated series Batman. Yeah, uh, just in turn, like that is how my Batman looks. But like, there's just something about this book that feels from impossibly far away, like time wise, and then also incredibly modern at the same time. Like it's mm-hmm. it's like especially timeless. I I don't understand how they were able to pull that off in '81, which was such a stilted time otherwise right. in mm-hmm. a lot of uh, culture. Well, I was going to say, this is my Batman. As a child of the 80s, this is what Batman looked like with that utility belt with the little capsules there. When Batman busts out the mouthpiece uh, so he can breathe underwater, mm. like that happened all the time in the comics. Yellow, yellow oval around the bat. That, exactly. <clears throat> this is, you know, pre-1986 and Dark Knight Returns, and it was Batman was just Batman. He could do whatever he wanted. But, uh, no, I love this team up, too, because as Mikey was alluding to, they don't mess around when it comes to, you know, how is this happening? Like, no, they have a conceit where there's the shaper of worlds that can do whatever it is that he wants. And, and then they just play around with it. And you not only get tons of action scenes with Batman and the Hulk, you also get a team up between Batman and the Joker. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is a great Joker, too, because, again, I, I'm not a, a huge fan of, like, the completely psychotic Jokers. Honestly, that gets that gets old a little bit early. In any book, you're like, no... I like a cold, calculating Joker. I, I actually like my favorite Joker is the one you get from the animated series, like the the Mark Hamill Joker, where he's kind of a mobster, got that gangster cred, like he, he runs the underworld. He knows how to, you know, rob banks and things like that. He's a real good tactician for this. And that's, you know, one of the things that I do when I read this particular book is I hear Mark Hamill when the Joker speaks. Because the way that the dialogue kind of runs, and hopefully all of you will pick this up, if you read the dialogue, it sounds very much like what Mark Hamill would say. It's There's a little bit of the, the insanity underneath, but it's like complete sentences. It's very well written. So it's Here nice. comes the money! Hey! Here comes the money! All right, let's see what we got here. Oh, Lord, Alluvial dampers? No, no, that's not it. Get me the hydro spammers. Oh, again, I'm talking to myself. Anyways, I'm trying to fix this stupid machine. I don't know why Andrew can't invest in some WD-40. We'll get you back to the show. Uh, If you want to support Cancer Research, obviously there'll be another live stream to The Cure next year. But in the meantime, you can go to supportcancerresearch.org. It's got a list of various organizations in your country that are doing good work to try to find a cure for cancer. Greetings, ghouls and boils. I'm the Ghoul Master, a loving homage to horror anthology narrators of yesteryear. Wait. 
I'm an homage. Why didn't anybody tell me? You'll hear from my agent about this. But first, let's get to the heart of the matter. I'm here to tell you about the new horror anthology, Memoirs of the Morbid, on Kickstarter in time for Halloween. Memoirs of the Morbid is a black and white homage to classic horror comics from the 40s and 50s, containing five self-contained stories by some of the best indie comic creators out there. There's that word again. I'd better not find out homage is an insult. Anyways, Memoirs of the Morbid is completely done and ready to go to the printer. So don't make a grave mistake by missing it. Hey, are you looking for your new favorite comic? Are you interested in epic fights, a career change, creating comics and mental health? You have come to the right place. My name is Oscar Osorio, and up until a few months ago, I was working at a desk for a big company, until I burned out and decided to pursue my passion, comic books. It was the beginning of my new, better life. At least, that's what I thought. Turns out that doing what you love may involve newer mental health issues, worrying about getting money, feeling you're not enough, fear of disappointment, and more. So I combined these emotions with my love of superheroes and fan comics and turned it into my debut comic book, A Never-Ending Adventure the fantastic quest of an aspiring creator looking for an idea. Life on soup, right now. So come with me as I embark on the never-ending adventure of creation. Hey, it's Mikey Wood, frequent Last Comic Shop guest and collector. And as a collector, I'm always in need of boards, bags, long boxes, and more to house all those comics. That's why I use promo code LCSPOD to get 10% off my orders at bcwsupplies.com. Not only does it get me a discount on BCW's already low prices, but I know using LCSPOD at checkout is another way I can show my support to the Last Comic Shop podcast and their continuing mission to bring fans together under that big comic book tent. So if you're in need of comic book supplies, head out to bcwsupplies.com and use promo code LCSPOD today. That's LCSPOD. And now, back to the show. Come on, can thing work. All right. And then Fine. Batman gets abusive and starts smacking him around. <laughs> You're not enough your crap, Joker. Pasty <laughs> faced. But I, I do have to get, as in the interest of time, to my favorite reason this book exists. I mean, again, this is one of my top ten comic books of all time, single issues wise, and it is because of one particular panel, and it's the second fight. Between Batman and the Hulk. This part. This sick sequence in comic books is just amazing. So the Hulk throws a car at Batman. And so Batman's like, the only way I'm going to survive this is to jump through the one side of the car, do a perfect, like, arcing dive, and come through the other end of this very small sedan. While busting out the window, like that (laughs) form bursts through that glass like nothing right. yeah that, that's and, the, that's the starsky and hutch car too he throws right? the starsky yeah. car there's a tiny that's like a pinto like it's not <laughs> a full-size car how is he jumping through that I, and then he grabs the hulk's leg like that's gonna matter <laughs> like, yeah. he's like let me bear hug your leg like a well, dog in heat I, I love like how brutal this fight is compared to like the first fight they had like at, at wayne enterprise or whatever because like 
Batman kind of outsmarts him in the first fight, right? Like he, he throws out this gas, and like he's gonna, he knows it's gonna knock the Hulk out. But Hulk says, like, "Oh, like it's not gonna knock me out if I can't breathe it." And then he like purposely kicks him as hard as he can in the solar plexus, as, like a direct quote. I'm, I'm not an anatomy dude, but like kicks him there to like make Hulk draw in a breath, like makes him go <gasps> like that. And then like, that's how he breathes in the gas to calm down. And then here Hulk is just like, no, nah, dude, like I know your moves. I'm not going to fall for this move twice. <laughs> and so it, it just becomes like such a desperate fight for Batman where like, I'm sure he felt a little confident after the first mm. time. And oh God, that, that panel is so good. And just like him leaping into the pose in the next panel. Oh, yeah. so, so good. Yes. Yes. All that, again, all that thinking and dialogue between the panel. That's, that's another thing. Like when you said there's so many words, that was a, that was a thing for the, they talk so the much. Here we go. Yeah. You know what this that means? Let's see. The Smiths. I, I, is that Woo-hoo. the indie rock band? I don't know. Oh, that would be awesome. Oh, they got back together oh, just for this. Just for this. Morrissey, quit complaining about ham sandwiches. Just hey, for $50 <laughs> donation. Thank you so much, Smith. I was going to say that. so much. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Donations are great. And everything goes to help support cancer research. That's right. You cannot snap away cancer. That's you right. can't. You yeah. have to work. You have to put in the he, time. He you was... have to support the live stream for the cure. Get out there. Donate. Come on. We still have, what, 20 minutes left, and you can get a sweet T-shirt. You, you guys don't understand how much. You... you can get this thongy thing. The he, wanted to get that, he wanted to get that gauntlet in so badly. You guys have no idea. And he finally did it. So I'm I so did. proud. So, so yes. uh, But George had a favorite moment, too, because this book is just chock full of, like, ridiculousness uh that you could only get away with in you know late 70s early 80s comic books so uh george we're talking about a pre-show what was your other big favorite moment my favorite moment is like the disguises and like he doesn't do it once he does it twice where he there's one scene where he goes into a bar the black swan cafe trying to find information about where the joker is because he, he lost him and knows that like that's his ticket to finding bruce and so he is dressed up as like a homeless man he just goes around and is like begging everyone for change and he's got like this huge huge like um or, like fedora-esque hat on right like uh <laughs> right? and <laughs> it's really important and yeah, you need the for, for the next for the next scene. You know, he finally gets kicked out for harassing people at this bar, and then he just like literally rips a face off, and then it's just like Batman with his cow, and you realize he had to wear that big dumb hat to cover up his ears, and it's just it's like so unsettling to see him like. It's like that scene in Face Off where Nick Cage is just like trying to simply say it's like you take his face off, and he literally it's so unsettling, but so freaking funny i laughed and then he does it again later in the comic where he's dressed mm-hmm. up like an old man you know That's working right. with the joker and like that whole gaslighting scene i didn't care for that very much that like i understand that that was like batman's goals but him just like the logic in that scene i didn't really get it but then he rips <laughs> off that old man you didn't need again. to right you didn't yeah. need to my favorite moment is just batman beating the joker being like joker i'm disappointed in you <laughs> I'm not mad at you. I'm just disappointed. (laughs) All this power, you could do better. Right. And I I did want to kind of throw that out to George real quickly. And to Mikey, because he's a big DC fan. Another reason why I love this book is because it kind of predates Emperor Joker by Mm -hmm. like 20 years. Right? Mm -hmm. Like everybody kind of knows, or or you should know, that in the early... 
the late 90s, early 2000s, there was a storyline where basically they gave Joker ultimate power. He became ultimate, you know. He stole it from Mr. Mixaplex, right? Yeah, or yeah, like the, yes. in, right. From the fifth dimension. Yeah. And uh, he like r- runs roughshod over the entire universe. And even Superman can't stop him. It was a huge crossover. Tons and tons of Wait, Emperor Joker, Emperor Joker is just like, no, something's wrong. Two plus two does not equal fish. We're in the middle of a transition, but one hundred dollars, Cassandra Lee. Thank you so much. Oh, very nice, you. Thank you. Wonderful, wonderful. But um, this again predates Emperor Joker by many, many years. Yet you didn't need a thousand books to tell a story about what would happen if Joker got ultimate power. Three it's, pages and out. So what do you yeah. think? What do you think, George? As, so, uh, so cool, man. It was like, because there was like that one part where it was like Picasso, like um, expressionist painting, right? Where like, like the actual world was changing. And so like, it's just like, I thought you were more of an artist. And like, he actually like, he, they went to like a, a Salvador Dali-esque world. Like yeah, it was just yeah. so insane and imaginative. And again, like you're right, like the economy of this all happening in the span of what, mm-hmm. three pages? And it's just like, this would be a six issue miniseries because it's just like, oh, mm-hmm. we got to, we got to explore the space of this idea and they're like nah screw it like we've already thrown two strikes like let's just throw them a slider right now like just to see how they handle that like let's just wrap up this inning as fast as we can and it's so good and concise and weird and imaginative i i I loved it this book is really good i didn't want to like it like i said too many words but not the case at all really good good words good job lenween you you did it I, you know, like I said, it's not it's not my favorite kind of vibe for for the things, but that's just because I my particular tastes was were really like at this time I was reading like GI Joe and then you know Transformers, but then like like 1986 was like the year my head exploded with with with, with comics, you know, because it was like I'm sorry, but you know, Watchmen, Dark Knight Returns, fake nerd, you know, yeah. that's right, Camelot 3000, like that. My my case had moved to different, but anyway, um, it wins me over with the charm, like all of these crossovers do. Um, it's not as uh, it is like a Saturday morning cartoon, very much so, um, which is fun, which is the fun, and I wish they did that more often. There's so much partisanship now between the two. The two, I wish they just did these casual sort of. You know they they're they're meeting together for for no reason. Yeah, just, their you know, corporate daddies are too big time. They're not. Yeah, gonna, yeah but they sh- they should like they they like after the unfortunate passing of George Perez, they like reissued yeah. like a, a a reprint of like JLA Avengers, and all of that went towards like the the family of George Perez, right? Yeah, like yeah. I don't like I don't see why they don't just like once a year like put their swords down and just like do this either for creators in need or like you know like for the hero initiative uh, like the hero initiative thank you for that yeah. or for something like like what last year for the cure does just like a fundraiser where it's just like okay like we can make x amount of dollars on this book because it turns out people really like the idea of crossovers like they they really do need to like put, like i said just put their swords down and just yeah put their put their heads together because it oh, yeah. Yeah, no good reason not to supposed to be heroes yeah right, yeah, right. absolutely and, yeah. and they did they did a ton of these like they did a batman daredevil one they like they did them in the 90s too there was most of the companies Sup- superman silver surfer one that one's great yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was actually when this collection came out. This didn't come out initially. This was in the 90s when they teamed up again, which led to the Amalgam universe mm-hmm. with things like Dark Claw. Doctor Strange Fate. That should have been my least favorite universe. Oh, I didn't like Doctor Strange Fate was awesome. That was Jose Luis Garcia Lopez. Well, that was a good book. That was a good Jose Luis Garcia Lopez for Doctor Strange Yeah. 
But no, well, it I, really upset me that they only wrote, like it said like next issue, and I got all excited, and there was no next issue. Yeah, it was. A and big the nice thing line. was that all these folks were friends with each other back in the day, and like they had they would worked at Marvel and then went to DC, or they went to D- from DC to Marvel. They were going back and forth. They knew all each other, you know, and it was it was a very collaborative process. Yeah. And so, and I thought, you know, if you look at some of the folks that worked on some of these crossovers in the early '80s and even in the '90s. Like there's some big name talent that, you know, had maybe Jose, Jose. Luis Garcia Lopez. He was primarily a DC guy. Mm-hmm. Would he have drawn the Hulk otherwise? Probably not. But you look at this Hulk and you say, yeah, that would be the Hulk on a, on the lunchbox. Like he would have done the exact same thing for the Marvel characters. Like mm-hmm. these are the definitive promotional versions of the Marvel characters. And everybody would have said, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. how you draw the yeah. Hulk for sure. And by the way, if you are a big Jose Luis Garcia Lopez fan, there's supposed to be a calendar out next year that has all of the images from his the the Bible that he would use or DC used with his character guides. And so very cool. Yeah. Look for that next year. Thank and, you, guys. Uh, we are almost, cool. ladies and gentlemen, to sixteen thousand dollars. Wow! Wow! So, uh, make it rain on these uh, these beautiful beautiful bastards for the last twelve minutes or so here while they're hanging out in here. Please, that's please, right. Remember, please. everything goes towards cancer research. Absolutely. Yeah. Anything, want- anything I could tell my wife to make me look more attractive will help me. I can be like, you know how much money I raised today? <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> look at these philanthropy muscles. I. Uh... <laughs> I'm curing cancer. Is that just what he has written, like, above his dick with an arrow pointing at it? Look at this philanthropy muscle. It is. It is. But it's in shorthand because, I mean, come on. I was afraid afraid to say the word shit earlier, and you just come out and say that? God, I didn't know. I told everybody that it was an all-ages all-ages sequence, so anyway. Man. Oh, way to go. All right. So let's get to to ratings real quick. Uh, In the interest of time. So uh, we're going to say one out of four gamma guns. So the Gamma Gun played a huge full part in this. Although, I, again, I don't know why. I mean, it was just a, something for the Joker to steal, I guess. Just a plot contrivance. Yeah, these guns. Let's start off with Mikey Wood. How many Gamma Guns you give in this Oh, book? my. Just because it's a special occasion, I'm going to say three. No! Because, like, it is, it, I mean, for me, it, it's super silly, but it's very charming. And, and Jose Luis Garcia Lopez... Anything he touched, like he did Atari Force, he did like Cinder and Ash was a two issue, a four issue thing he did in the 90s. Beautiful, like everything he does is just absolutely beautiful. Um, so just for that, I would, re- you know, he could draw an entire comic about this horrible relationship I had in high school and I'd still buy it. Because- <laughs> 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 yeah. All right, George, how many, uh, how many gamma guns are you giving it? I don't think anything is perfect, but like, I want to give this four. Like, I don't think that means it's like, nice. a, I, don't, I don't think that means it's a perfect rating. Like, I don't think it's a perfect comic, but I think if you consider it subjective, I think it just nails it. Like, I think this is like a really fun, low key, casual meetup between two characters who, like you said, otherwise would have no reason whatsoever to hang out. And as I said, Lenween, like, for all the words there are in this book, it's incredibly brisk like it, it moves really quickly and jose luis garcia lopez like there's that one scene where they're fighting on like the the boat like the offshore probably illegal research lab happening yes. in international <laughs> waters or whatever yeah and there's like this original creature that shows up i think it's like a like a dream form that the the shaper of worlds conjured up and it's like this thing that's made out of dough that imprisons the hulk like in his in his belly and it's like such a 
one-off dumb character that like shouldn't have been cool but like looks amazing for like mm-hmm. basically just like a joke you can only use twice right like in in the panels that it appears in yeah uh, and it's just like the thought that goes into the smallest possible details of this book really impressive this is this is a great book okay chad there you go yeah no i i love it i think it's tons of fun and to see that jose luis garcia lopez artwork that's great and when we don't uh don't sell him short. He does have some uh, flowery moments in there where he gets his prose in. Mm-hmm. And it's, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you can tell he's having fun with this. And like anytime you have a crossover, that's the most important thing is you don't want to spend too much time on the details. It doesn't matter. You want to throw these guys in, uh, you know, see how they interact, see how they bounce off each other. But I, I brought up earlier the Joker interactions, the Joker relationship with Batman and the Joker trying to manipulate the Hulk. I mean, that was tons of fun, too. I, I miss those days of that Joker that was a little more calculating, a little bit more cunning, as opposed to just absolute <clears throat> crazy pants bonkers. These are the idealized forms of these characters. And you get Batman, you get Hulk, you get a Batman and Joker team up. It's lots of fun. With that said, are there other crossovers that I, I appreciate more? Yeah, first Spider-Man, Superman one. Oh, I love that one. And then Teen Titans X-Men. I think that's that's the perfect comic book in my mind, that Walt Simonson book there but so i'm gonna say 3.5 gamma guns for the batman hulk i'm gonna give this a four uh but that's not any surprise because again uh this is one of my top 10 it's in my top 10 favorite single issues of all time uh just simply because like again i i feel like when you have books with the verses it shouldn't really be about batman fighting the hulk like i mean that's you know, I'm not going to be one of these people that says, like, Batman's going to win every fight, and you give him Batman plus time equals win. Like, no, that doesn't work. Like, Thank the Hulk, God. It doesn't work. <laughs> Don't spend your time dealing with that. Make it about, like, the actual story, which, honestly, even though, like, it's a little simplistic, I think there's a real story here. There's real stakes. There's real reasons for, you know, Batman and Hulk to team up. There's reasons why Batman and Joker should team up. There's reasons why Batman and Hulk should fight for a little bit. It all makes sense. And that comes from Len Wein and, mm-hmm. and his 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 writing. So uh, kudos to him. And the art is tremendous. And heck, I would give this book a four just for that scene of the Hulk throwing that car. Come on now, I have that as my wallpaper on my computer for like three years. It's uh, it's wonderful stuff, and like you should pick up this book. Uh, yeah. More than Superman, Spider Man, uh, I think that plots. Mm, mm. I, I like this one. <laughs> and if you're interested in more Jose Luis Garcia Lopez on team ups, make sure that you're picking up what Superman and Wonder Woman. Oh, Superman versus Wonder Woman. Yeah, yeah where he, they fight mm-hmm. in DC. He did that mm-hmm. one with that classic cover with I think it's like Uncle Sam behind them yeah, or something. Treasury edition. That's another great, great book if you can find. Mm-hmm. It's huge and it's beautiful. Yeah. And yeah, we didn't talk. Uh, Dick Giordano was on Inks and Embellishes, and he's known for his work with Neil Adams. Mm-hmm. And so you you see those moments sometimes in here too, where Batman's face gets that Neil Adams esque yeah. quality, and it's like. It's the Giordano influence, you know. Yeah, and 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 uh, Garcia Lopez's Hulk has a bit of a Bushima vibe to it. Yeah, for sure. Like the head, yeah. the head, and stuff. So. He's just so classic. He captures yeah. the essence of those characters. Like that's why he did the DC marketing yeah. bibles. Like, yeah. yeah, you think about like '80s DC. Every image that you probably have of Superman or whatever is is Garcia Lopez. So, right. Also, just really quickly too. Just I, I know we're like really 
celebrating Jose Luis Garcia Lopez as we should. The dude mm-hmm. frequently has pages with seven panels on them, and like they don't feel claustrophobic, despite no. despite like I said, all the words that Lenwin wrote. And again, they're not like heavy bogged down narrative boxes or anything like that and so just the fact that like able to cram so much without like me feeling like i'm being suffocated as i'm reading Mm -hmm. it that feels like a a lost art and also just something that isn't done today right like i feel like a lot of comics today are you know three to five panels per page max Mm -hmm. or you know just like waiting for like a a page turn into a two-page spread yeah and just the economy of everything in this book is like it looks so effortless but feels so meticulous and that's Mm -hmm. like it's just it's a really good book you should read it. Yeah. It's really, it's really good. <laughs> yes. If we haven't drove mm. that point home, 1981 was a good year for comic mm. books, movies, Beyonce, songs, like yeah, Beyonce, endless love. <laughs> yeah. Just put that on. Get yourself yes. some Hulk, Batman. Mike, you brought up Beyonce. The world was better for 1981. That's right. <laughs> so the, the Queen was born on that day. That's true. That's right. That's yeah. true. All right. Do we have time for recommendations? Or? I, I, I mean, we have like two sure. minutes. We're gonna. Right. We could do it. All right. All right. So no, normally when we wrap up shows, we'd like to recommend other books that people can pick up. Uh, this one, the Batman versus the Hulk and the crossover collection can be kind of hard to find at this point because it's not printed anymore. But something you can find at your local comic shop is the Batman and Joker teaming up for the deadly duo. And this is done uh, with art and writing by Mark Silvestri, which you might remember from the 90s image boom or the darkness with Jackie Estrada, but it is just beautiful, crazy pants art. Batman and the Joker team up. Uh, it's a multi-dimensional affair. You can probably track down all seven of the issues because it just wrapped up a little bit ago. But something modern to recommend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, anybody else have a recommendation? I do not. I yeah. um, uh, Real quick, I'm just going to recommend the 2017 Batman and the we have the Menzies family donating twenty dollars. Thank you so nice. so much oh, for that nice. amazing donation. That's fabulous. Uh, we are Thank like, you. like literally teetering on the edge of sixteen thousand dollars, ladies Wonderful. and gentlemen. That's amazing. Thank you so much. Yeah. The, the, yeah, let's see if we can cross that. So, yeah, I'm, I'm recommending the 2017 uh, Batman The Shadow crossover, which was written by Scott Schneider and Steve Orlando and had artwork by Riley Rossmo, who I love. Um, and it is a modern take. There's a there's a, a murder in Gotham City, and Lamont Cranston is the culprit, but he's been dead for 50 years. So Batman has to figure out how that is. And it actually sort of blends in really well with the 80s DC run of uh, The Shadow uh, kicked into gear by Howard Chaykin and carried on by uh, Kyle Baker and, and 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 all those guys. So anyway, it's awesome. Next, George. I'm going to recommend the first crossover I ever read, which um, go you know diving in your dollar bins uh, wherever you are. Batman Captain America by John Byrne. That was oh, the first that's one I read, one. and it's got one of the like one of the most iconic moments uh, I think in '90s comics where Joker realizes he's like working with red skull or whatever it's just like wait what he's like i'm a scumbag but like i draw the line at nazis and like, yeah. like, man even even joker's like nah dude i, I don't mess with that which i yeah. like still i read that when i was 10 years old 12 years old and you know 20 years later i'm like god what a moment yeah. <laughs> it's, it's good yeah, comic bookery. The, it feels like people need to be reminded that nazis are bad guys like yeah like, like, <laughs> there's an awful lot of people who seem well, to be no, as, as soon as call of duty stopped doing world war ii games and then as soon as indiana jones movie stopped coming out it, it seems yeah. like everyone forgot and we, yeah, yeah. we got to bring back indiana jones and call yeah. of duty world war ii mm-hmm. stuff yeah all right that is it i hope you enjoyed that special show from us 
which was also live streamed. Uh, look forward to next year doing it again. Hopefully I can join so that I'm not stuck in the basement with this smelly, broken down Rama 3000. Need to get some WD-40. Anyways, we hope you enjoyed. Uh, come back next week. All of our shows can be found at www.lastcomicshoppodcast.com. We also have links to our social media. We've got Twitter polls, YouTube videos, a link to our merch store where you can get t-shirts, coffee mugs, tote bags. And while we are the last comic shop podcast, we don't want to be the last comic shop. So make sure you are supporting your local comic shop. Uh, you can find that at the comicshoplocator.com. Uh, and maybe you can pick up Batman versus the Hulk, or Batman and Joker, or Batman and Captain America, or Batman and Shadow, or just Batman. I'm sure they might have a Batman book. That's it for this week. No dad joke from me, because while I am a dad, I tell good jokes. Thank you. Comic Shop was a 2023 Black Anders production.